All right. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. How are you guys? Good. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. And I always say this, but um, we are now live streaming, but it does take a few moments for it to roll over to social media accounts or for people to see that we are actually live. But when you guys get the notifications, if you wouldn't mind sharing, that would be great. Um, this Welcome to the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. This is your girl, your host, Sabria Mills. Um, and we're here with season three of the Dope Muslim Woman podcast and series three, which is called Love and Restoration. And um, as everybody enters in, please make sure that you give your salams. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam in Jeddah. Um, we love to exchange salams before we begin. We believe in that barakah, in that exchange. Welcome everybody back to another week of the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Um, this week's podcast is called Love is Blind. And, you know, I've been talking about this for quite some time. So I'm super excited to um, introduce our panelists in just a moment. Assalamu alaikum, Saudi and Veronique. I hope everybody's doing well, inshallah. Um, you know, people often ask how they can support the Dope Muslim Woman podcast. Walaikum salam, Shahid. And you can do that by sharing. Simply sharing this on your page um, goes a really long way for the podcast. So if you could go ahead and share now, I would greatly appreciate it. All right. Hey, you guys. You guys look good over there. You guys all right? Alhamdulillah. Doing very well. Alhamdulillah. Glad to have you guys. All right, let me introduce you guys to these dope people that I'm sure most of you guys are familiar with um, a lot of these faces. Um, I'm going to start, I always start with, or start with the sisters. So I'm going to start with one of our brothers. I have this um, really dope brother. I'm so glad he agreed. Um, he's Gambian born, Atlanta bred. Um, he's a, a Quran lover, reciter, and he's a teacher, youth mentor, and entrepreneur. Um, he's well known um, in Atlanta as well as all over the country, and I would even say world for his amazing recitation, mashallah. I am so happy and humbled to have Brother Hassan Faye on the show. Assalamu alaikum, brother. Wa alaikum salam. Very humbled by that. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Mashallah. Thank you for joining. Uh, alhamdulillah. And I have this amazing sister. She's 27 year. She's a 27 year old woman from the suburbs of Chicago. She recently received her master's degree in public administration. Her professional background is rooted in social work and the nonprofit field. Um, she is currently working with Build, an agency that focuses on violence prevention and gang intervention and assessing clients as they come in to receive services. This sister participated in I Meet Soul. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. Their pilot program, and he, she's here to share more of her experience. I would like to welcome Sister Iman Court to the show. Assalamu alaikum. Maikum salam. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and see how this conversation goes. Yes, thank you for being here. This dope brother, he's back again from last week. Most people know him. He's been on the Dope Muslim Woman podcast so many times. Mashallah, we know him as an independent artist, um, world-renowned independent artist, creative director, film director, um, award-winning. Um, he also just does um, some of his strongest work is um, helping to uplift unde undeserved communities. He's worked for seven years at the Maryland Food Bank um, and an additional seven years as an operations manager at a woman's shelter. He's traveled throughout the United States and throughout the entire world, offering workshops for youth and faith communities. Welcome back, Brother Khalil Ismail. Um, quick before I forget, Brother Hassan. Yeah. Well, how old is Brother Hassan? I'm 30. 
Okay. All right. All right. Cool. All right. So, all right. It's, it's an initiative I was uh, working with about some young young people doing their thing. So I just had to ask. All right. Go ahead. Okay. Mashallah. Mashallah. Okay. Um, and this dope sister, she's a first generation Senegalese and Gambian woman from Chicago. She's an artist. She's a writer. She's an event curator. And she's the co-founder of I Meet Soul. Welcome, sister Benta Kane to the show. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you all today. Well, let me tell you guys something. Welcome to Love is Blind, everybody. And this topic has definitely had people on multiple sides of the fence. I've asked a lot of poll questions to try to see how important it is um, as far as physical aesthetics and beauty and looks it is in partnership. And I really got some very interesting feedback from community members. So I'm so humbled to get your perspectives. We're going to jump right into it. I wanted to just start right in first and foremost. And I'm just going to ask everybody if you don't mind muting your mics and I'll definitely call on you. It just helps with our audio. That would be um, greatly appreciated. Jazakallah Kaidan. I'm going to start right here at the beginning. Um, so this, you know, podcast is based off of a concept of um, Netflix latest series called Love is Blind. If you're familiar with it, not that we're promoting you guys going and watching this series, but if you're familiar with it, it's the concept of people coming together um, with like minds and getting to know each other without actually physically seeing each other and seeing if they could build a genuine connection um, based on mutual interests and mutual like and a, a sort of genuine connection that goes beyond the surface and goes beyond outward aesthetics. Um, and with this sort of concept that a lot of us have latched on to, um, Sister Benta Kane, as long as we're her co-founder, established um, an organization or a group called I Meet Soul. And in this, um, this sort of concept is where people are getting to know one another without, again, seeing each other and seeing if they can establish um, a connection. Sister Benta, do I have that right? Is that what I Meet So is based on? Yeah. So I wouldn't say it's primarily based off of the show, but it definitely mm -hmm. was influenced by the show. Um, yes. And obviously, uh, for those of you who haven't seen the show, these people were getting to know each other for weeks. And so this is a much longer, strenuous process. With I Meet Soul, it's a lot simpler. And we really were giving people a chance to get to know each other over the you know three to five days that they selected. And so it's totally different. Um, it's similar, but not the exact same. Okay, subhanAllah. Um, now, I just want to ask you really quick, quickly, Ben, so what made you want to start this? Okay. Where, where did you see the need in our community? For sure. Um, so myself and my co-founder are both 30 and 31. And so we are not married currently. And we, you know, like many of us are still waiting for Allah to bless us with someone, you know, to get married to. And we were like, how are we going to do this during quarantine? What are we supposed to do? You know, we, we were definitely sick of getting on these apps and literally spending, you know, 30 minutes to an hour swiping for people. It just was getting really redundant and it didn't really feel real. And so we wanted to create a way to connect to people that felt like more authentic and you actually know who was behind the process. And so that's where we came up with it. And we said, hey, we want to meet people. There aren't any events currently going on. I wonder how it would be to do a Muslim version of Love is Blind. Like, can we have Muslim people get together, get to know each other for our souls and our characteristics prior to seeing what we look like? So that's kind of how it came about. 
Wow. SubhanAllah. It's an amazing, amazing concept. I wanted to bounce over, um, first and foremost, to Brother Khalil really quickly, um, just thinking about this sort of compelling idea um, and just the idea that love is just a lot more powerful than something as skin deep as beauty. Um, I just wanted to ask you first and foremost, do you feel like it is possible um, to build a real genuine connection in the absence of um, being able to physically be physically attracted or even physically interact first and foremost? I, yeah, absolutely. I, and I actually think that I think that in some in some cases, uh, you know, you can do it with a more with more purity. The problem may come in is that once you see a person, you know, that actually could be you know, depending on you know your your physical attraction, there could be some changes to that. But yeah, absolutely, I think that uh, you know I think that we were souls. I mean, it's proof that we were souls that were were created before, right? And we we were congregated with each other before. So some of us are attracted to each other from a soul perspective. So absolutely, absolutely amazing. And Sister Iman, um, you're here because you actually were part or are part of the co-pilot program of I Meet Soul. Um, what drew you to actually wanting to get to know someone that you are not going to initially see, physically see for a while? Yeah, so I um, had been meeting people on and off in a number of different platforms, whether it was like through family, through the apps, through events, through like coworkers, just anything and everything to like find ways to meet people and build a genuine connection. And similar to Binta, I was kind of tired of all the options. The apps were getting exhausting, spending time just like swipe, 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 swipe. And, you know, connecting with people occasionally, but not being able to have a genuine conversation with them or, you know, it's like, hey, what's up? How's it going? And then it, it sort of just dies down. And so I came across I meet soul on social media and I was like, hey, this has never been done before. Like, why not at this point? This could this could be something cool. Um, you know, even if it doesn't go anywhere, at least I put myself out there and tried to build a connection with somebody who is approaching it in the same mindset, right? Like it was very clear that these are gonna be 10 Muslim women and 10 Muslim men who are single who are looking to get married. And so if we're starting off with that intention, you already know that odds are the people who are joining are gonna be in the same mindset um, when they're trying out this, this process. Hmm, SubhanAllah. My brother Hassan, I'm wondering, we talked a lot about connection. How would you define connection? How do you think connection is built, especially as a man? Um, well, that's a really deep question. Um, so I would say connection first and foremost, for us Muslims especially, um, I think, I know when I was looking, it had everything to do with, okay, is this person on the same wavelength when it comes to Islam? Is Allah there first? If that's, if we can establish that, then we've already gotten a connection, right? Yeah. So there's steps to the connection, obviously, but that's the first step. And then after that, okay, cool. So now I'm already a little bit attracted to this person in a in a very genuine way, not a physical way, but in a very genuine way because they love who I love. And now we can move to the next step, which is, okay, well, now are we physically compatible? And then if we can kind of establish that, then we start talking about personality um, because 
you know, a lot of times because of the fact that, you know, we have to be kind of honest with ourselves that, you know, both sides are attracted to the physical. That is a normal thing. Even the Prophet Sallallahu said that, that one of the things that he loved in this world that was made beloved to him was a, were women, like meaning, and obviously in a halal um, manner. But, you know, women were one of the things that were made beloved to him in this world. So for a man, that is a completely natural thing for a woman as well. So now we move to the next step after we establish the attraction piece. And now, okay, do our personalities match? If our personalities match, then we move on to the next piece, so on and so forth. I think for me, that's how I um, look at building connection with someone. Um, you know, same interests and all of those things, they, they are very, very crucial, but they come like, they're like fourth tier um, in my eyes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just how I look. I kind of look at things a little differently sometimes, but that's the way. But would you be willing to look even at that aspect of, I want to see if they love a law, if you aren't physically, if they didn't physically meet you know, so, that criteria, so, I mean, so that, that's the thing. Um, I think in general, and I mean, I'm being candid and honest here. Yeah. I think in general, males, the you know, us men, we are, um, you know, we, we have to be physically attracted to you first. Um, and like um, our brother Khalil was saying that, you know, when you speak to someone, you might find that you have this real genuine connection with them. And then you see them and then you say, okay, well, I'm not actually attracted to them physically. And then all of those things now become null and void, which is actually like one of the biggest issues that we face. And I think it's a, I genuinely think it's an issue because now what, you, what you're doing is making marriage only, I mean, almost solely about the physical because yeah. all of the other things were right, but you decided to neglect all of those because of this one thing. So the lion's share now becomes, let's say 90% of it becomes physical and then the 10% becomes everything else when it's actually supposed to be flipped on its head. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that honesty. And then to worry, would you say that as a woman, it was a little bit of frustration of, of, of like just always being sized up for aesthetics and physical appearance and, you know, um, experiencing brothers that maybe don't want to look beyond that to get to know who you are as a human being. Did you have those experiences? Yeah, I've definitely had that, um, that experience in life in general. I think variety of us have, and men as well, right? Like, oftentimes people are either friend zone because, you know, people aren't attracted to them physically, but they love their personality, right? Um, so I've definitely dealt with that, especially for one, I'm, I'm a woman, I'm Muslim, and I'm dark skinned, you know? So, um, and on top of that, my family isn't from here. So I've dealt with a lot of barriers when it comes to getting married. And I know, you know, our dear Prophet Muhammad said, that you know we do have to look consider physical you know physical needs and things like that but also he talked about character and he talked about you know where your family is from and there was one more thing I'm missing but um, to brother's uh, point I think it's really important that we look at the whole picture and you know physicality not being that 90% more so you know can it be an even 25 split amongst the four things we're supposed to be looking for um, and I think what's difficult with I mean soul is that we actually had so many women sign up like we had almost a hundred women sign up and not that many men and I think it's because many of them were probably nervous because of that physical aspect which makes sense you know I would be a little bit nervous as well yeah yeah thank you for bringing that up because even in doing this podcast 
Um, a lot of brothers would like, I don't even understand why that's a conversation. Like, you know, like we have to be physically attracted. That's the way we're built. That's the way we're made. But I wanted us to dig a little bit deeper. And I'm going to um, go to you, Brother Khalil, with this um, in the aspect. And I love what Brother Hassan said. But, you know, just as men, we understand how you guys how, how you were created. Well, I'm not saying we fully understand, but perhaps you can explain it a little bit. But, you know, is there, are we out of balance? Are you guys out of balance when it comes to this? As it relates to. <laughs> it might be say? actually, it might actually be related to the last podcast we did. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that we are out of balance because of the, 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 the inundation of, uh, the inundating of the sex, the, you know, all this, uh, hypersexuality, right. That clouds yeah. the, uh, the vision. Right. And I'm not talking about the eyes. I'm talking about the vision of the heart. Right. Uh, the vision of the heart is the most important vision, right? So, you know, what happens is, is that, um, and one of the things I'm actually writing about is actually what I found is that when we actually indulge in, in, in um, illegal sexual activity as men, uh, it creates an entitlement, right? And a, I need what I need right now without any type of care for cultivation or care for actually a long-term thing. And it makes sense because that's the training of it. It's literally training you to focus on the surface. Whereas, you know, when you actually have the opportunity to get deeper, you realize that. So for example, me, one of the things I've learned is that as I've evolved and grown as a man, like I love this concept because at the end of the day, I can even say, you know, um, with the relationship that I had, like, like I didn't, I purposely didn't look at the person who I was interested in for while we were actually getting, I'm talking about look at her with the eye that you, you know, I didn't really look at it. I was looking down, I was low. So that we we connected more on a on a on a soul level, right? So by the time I did actually look, she was more beautiful. You understand what I'm saying? So so I think that what happens is we don't give that a chance because we can't, we're not evolving past that first surface level, which is right. what we and we have to work on that. We have to work on ourselves to get it. We don't realize it again. Allah has something greater for us, but we have to work to get there. Right, right. I absolutely love that. And amen, um, just with your experience, I know that you were drawn to this process. Um, I mean, what barriers did you see with connection as it relates to that initial sort of judgment and not being able to get past the physical, constantly being sized up as women. We deal with so much freaking pressure in this Instagram culture and everybody, you know, in this perfect body culture. Um, and a lot of these ideals are really impacting the psyche of us. How do how have you been able to navigate as a single woman in regards to this in your dealings with brothers, potential spouses? Yeah, I think um, I think it's it's definitely been a challenge because a lot of spaces that I've met people, the initial the the initial go to is looks, right? So, oh, what does she look like? Oh, you're so attractive. You're this. You're that. And and for me, a lot of times I was approached. It was specifically for the physical, and I'm like, okay. I appreciate that. That's great. Thanks. But like, there's so much more to me. And mm -hmm. my frustrations have been, I'm like, I, I I want to connect with you on an intellectual level. The physical is there, but the intellectual, the emotional is not there. And so one thing I really liked about I Meet Soul, and you know, it, it was tough because you only get like 25 to 30 minutes with each person. Um, and so it's not, it's not a lot of time. 
you're complete strangers. You're only speaking to each other over audio. And I was like, okay, I don't have any time to waste. And so taking away the element of physical and wondering, oh, what does this person look like? You're just jumping straight to who is this person? I don't know them. Mm -hmm. They're just a voice on the other end of the phone. And so you really get a chance to pick up on who they are as a person, what's their character, what's important to them, what are some things that they're bringing up in conversation? Um, you know, are they are they coming in and just taking over the full 30 minutes and not really asking you anything and just sort of talking at you? Are they engaging? You know, what what are things that are important to them? What are some topics that you get to cover? And, you know, with 30 minutes, it, it can feel like a really long time and it could feel like no time at all. Um, but what I loved about this experience was that you didn't have to worry about the physical and the physical wasn't commented on. You got to connect with the person on an individual level and really get a sense of who are you as a person. And of course, like the, the physical is always, it, it is always a concern. I mean, even though I was going through the experience, I was like, I wonder what they're going to look like. Like, I, yeah. I have no idea what these people look like, but it was in the back of my mind as I was going through these conversations. Wow, that's amazing. Um, whew, subhanAllah. Um, you know, Brother Hassan, I talked to a couple, of, I, I surveyed a couple of brothers just about the concept of, um, you know, would they meet or get to know a sister in the, as far as for a potential intimate relationship without seeing her first? And the majority overwhelmingly said, absolutely not. What do you think the reason for this is? And does it really relate to I'm a man and I'm visual? Or does it also, is there also something deeper going on with our brothers as it relates to needing to have this sort of aesthetically appealing wife um, for reasons that go beyond even what you are as a man, what you actually want and need in your life? Yeah, so that's a that's a very good question. Um, I think it's so much deeper than just you know. I'm just worried about you know what she looks like. I think, <clears throat> I think number one, there, there's a lot of ego in it. Yeah. Um, when with the men, right? There's a lot of ego because men for like there's there's this concept of okay, well, what is she gonna look like next to me? Like, what are others gonna see, mm. right? When I walk down the road with my spouse, my like almost as if like she's some kind of trophy right it's like mm, i gotta I the truth like, now yeah like yo that's 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 my that's my you know that's mm -hmm. my toy like that that's my wife <laughs> right, there, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> One thing, sorry but like you know that's that's my wife right there so like it's almost like a, a pride thing right you know that's my wife i'm proud that she's my wife show her off and this and that and that's why a lot of people are very they're they, you know they're weirded out by the fact that i'm not just like parading my wife on instagram like people be scrolling, scrolling, like we have a great relationship, but I don't need to put it online. Like that has nothing, that, that's none of anyone's business, whether she's pretty or she's not pretty, whatever you want to think, that's fine. Right. But it's not how I do things. Um, so there's that, there's that pride aspect of like, you know, I just, you know, she has to be, she has to be physically attractive, not just to me, but to other people as well. Right. Yeah. So there's that, that, that ego. Um, and then number two, I think society, because every time I think about this, this, um, you know, this whole thing about relationship and marriage and physicality and all of that, I always go back to the time of the Prophet Sallallahu and just to, to notice, like you never hear stories of 
men saying, oh, I didn't want her because she wasn't really physically attractive. There's one story that you hear um, about a woman not wanting a man because he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't really, you know what I'm saying? He wasn't what he do. <laughs> right, <laughs> so, right. You know, she wasn't really into it. Um, the Prophet asked, she's like, uh, I'm good, right? But you know, like, I, I've searched, I've looked because I talk to a lot of young men um, and I counsel a lot of young men and I mentor a lot of young men. And whenever we talk I, and they ask me, what should I look for? I said, the first thing you should look for in a, in a wife is a mother for your children, not someone, not the physical. Look for someone because at the end of the day, you're going to spend a few years together without children, but the majority of your life is going to be spent with you and your children and your wife. So look for a mother for your child. That's number one, because the mother is the first teacher for the child. And that's very important, right? But you don't, you really don't see Sahabas turning away women because they weren't physically attracted to them. Because marriage was seen some, as something completely different. It was seen mm. as a way to build a community, to bring people together, to bring families together, more so than it is seen now in society because everything is so hypersexualized, mm. right? So now the first thing I want to look for is a, 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 a Kim Kardashian looking woman or a, a Halle Berry, you know, that's, I mean, these kids don't know what that is, but a Halle mm. Berry looking woman or, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what's in their minds now. Right, so they they're looking for for the, what are, they call it the, the coke the coke the the the, the uh, what, something bottle? about the figure yeah the coke bottle yeah thing. the coke bottle figure thing they they got the, the long hair they gotta have the fair skin they had like all of these things right they put all of that in their mind and the mind is a very powerful thing right what you put in it is what's gonna come out that's what you're gonna there want you go. so even if you are attracted to someone on a deeper level right if they don't match that criteria you will let go of them because of these very material, materialistic reasons, right? Phys physicality is like not all the way up to par. Even though they might be extremely beautiful, they might be extremely beautiful, but to you, they're not quote unquote sexy enough, right? Mm. Because there's a difference between, I can tell you like, in, mm. I can picture a beautiful woman who's not sexy and I can picture a sexy woman who's not beautiful. It's very yeah. simple. It's not that difficult. Right. So the, the question is, who would you rather be with the beautiful woman or the sexy woman? Right. And I, I always pose this question to them. It's like, that's deep, bro. I need to think, think about that. I'm like, well, go ahead. Think young buck and come back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Subhanallah. Wow. That gave, um, thank you for that brother Hassan, because, um, yeah, I think a lot of it. And I think for the Simon, he says status symbols who get who got the baddest chick, like as as you know, as another brother saying that that sometimes does have a lot to do with it. Um, Sister Vinta, as a woman, do we also are we also plagued with that? Because I don't want to put this on all just on the brothers. I mean, I got so many sisters that were like, absolutely not. He has to be six foot tall. He got to be dark, handsome. You know, what I mean, he has to have certain build, chief skin, you know, all of these sort of criteria. Are we also caught up? Um, and physical aesthetics and things, like I said, based on standards that may or may not even align with our soul, but are based on something that has been put here based on what, like Brother Hudson said, we intake. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I would say yes. I think it's something that we have to challenge ourselves on, right? Because obviously, alhamdulillah, the fact that we're even having this conversation is a blessing and a privilege for us because we can see, right? There's yeah. so many people that are blind, like they're for real blind. They 
Allah has taken that away from them. But that doesn't mean that they they shouldn't have love, right? Like they're still getting to know people without knowing what they look like. So I think for me, it's a privilege to even say, okay, no, I, I'm, you know, I'm not really feeling this brother because maybe he has to be a certain height or he has to be this or that. So I've even had to challenge my own self because yes, we have been bombarded and unfortunately desensitized by all of this sexualization within our communities. And we do like certain things, like you do want someone they, that might be fairer skin or darker skin or, or what have you, depending upon, you know, your societal lenses, like where you were born or who you were raised around. So I think it definitely is a man and woman thing. It's a, it's a society thing. It's a human thing. Um, I think individually, what we have to do is, you know, think about what is most important to us and the fact that we aren't always going to be here, like remembering that, remembering that important over all things is our deen and our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so obviously, yes, I would love to meet someone and be blessed with someone that's the coolness of my eye. They might not be the coolness of someone else's eye though, right? Yeah. Um, but if I feel that connection with them on a you know holistic level, intellectually, spiritually, physically, emotionally, then yes, that is a beautiful love. And you know, inshallah, I pray that for all of us that are still looking. But um, I, I think it is something we, we need to question, right? Like I can't sit here and say that I wouldn't give someone a chance based off of the of what they look like, but I'm challenging my my own self even, you know. Mm, super powerful. And I'm wondering how much of what we seek um, as a people aesthetically has to do with, like it's like Brother Khalil mentioned, our sexual desires. Um, and, and Brother Hassan eloquently mentioned as well. Um, again, we talked about this last week, just um, of how bogged down we are with the superficial aspects of sex and how sometimes we, because we're so inundated with imagery and pornography and all these things, we just have to seek more and more and more to sort of try to satiate those sexual desires. Brother Khalil, does a lot of what drives us has to do simply on based on what we're sexually drawn to? Yeah, I think I think that's a lot that there's something to that. Um, and the question that I have and the question that we should all have is, we should be analyzing how much of it is and how much of that is natural because there is a natural aspect to this. I do want to bring a little bit of yeah. elephant into the room. And Please. that's that uh, <laughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in his Quran, he describes women and he, descri he describes them physically, right? So we can't, so if Allah is describing women physically, then we can't, un we cannot underscore the fact that physicality matters. Right. And I don't want to like that's the part where I don't want to sugarcoat. I think there's a I think there's a measured way of looking at this as opposed to one thing. This isn't an either or. Yeah. Right. Um, and I think that's what we have to do. And we, we have, have to be analyzed. And I think it's about giving I think it's about giving the heart a chance. And I, that's why I like the concept, because what happens sometimes is that, you know, a person who you might not normally be attracted to if you connect with them, yeah. as Brother Hassan said, they actually become sexy to you. And therefore, it's not as important that they have the, the figure or even the look that you originally had in your head. But if we're all going simply by face value and not ever getting a chance to connect, right, then we don't know that, right? So mm -hmm. so a lot of what's happening, then, and then like I said, so a lot of us are moving on before maybe we, you know, maybe that, maybe, and, and, and trust and believe that when you find someone who you have connected with on a soul level, and you have, all you need is some attraction. I'm not going to say, you do have to be able to look at them. 
Right. You do have right. to be able to look at them. I, I'm not gonna like. I just can't. <laughs> right. But if right. you have a connection with them, and you have, and you can look at them with an eye of with love, then it will be better than anything where you're just choosing because of the physicality. But that's practice. And the last thing I want to say is, I think for us as men, at least growing up. I don't think we were groomed to really actually think about who we should choose for ourselves. We grow up and like, okay, we just need to find somebody who has Dean, right? But yeah. it's way deeper than that. We actually have our own preferences. We don't even know them. We don't right. really get in tune with our own preferences until we actually have a, our first relationship or our second relationship. That's how we end up learning about it, right? And then on the other side, people learn about their preferences from television because nobody actually... So I don't even know, you know what I'm saying? what I like. So I, and, and I go through a whole bunch of crap before I actually figure it out. And that's a lot of what's going on too. We don't even know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely powerful. Um, all right. So Iman, you talked a lot about, um, just your process, but how important are looks to you during your courting process? I mean, I understand you went an alternative way, but at the end of the day, like you, like said, they do matter. How important are they to you at this point? Yeah, I think um, I think it's important for sure, um, but I don't know that it outweighs any of the other factors, right? So for me, I'm, I'm thinking about attraction. I'm thinking about spirituality. I'm thinking about like intellectually, emotionally. How are we connecting now? If one of those aspects is missing or one of those aspects is not so great thinking through can this be worked on can this be something that's improved that that like we're just on a different page about um and going from there i think when you have all four of those it makes a really good well-rounded relationship um i, I looks are important looks are absolutely important this is somebody if you're choosing to marry you're going to look at for the rest of your life um you know you're gonna you're gonna grow old with this person and so it is important to have that physical attraction but i don't think that that is the highest on my list that that isn't like i mean you know that there's people you're attracted to and then there's people that you would see like on a tv screen it's like man, that person's really hot, you know, like right. there's a difference, right? There's right. Uh, culturally who we are told is attractive and who we are told it, like, just like women have this idea, like society has this idea of what an ideal woman will look like in terms of attractiveness. I think us being raised, like we think about it with men too. We have that like tall, dark and handsome kind of mentality. You know, they have to be this height, this build. And it's like, okay, but realistically, like, who who are you as an individual attracted to? And I, I think similar to Brother Khalid, like, that's not something that we're really taught when we're young and growing up and thinking about choosing a potential spouse, choosing a partner. And it's sort of just like, you're going to, you got to get married, you know, you're, we're raising you, you're getting, you're going to school, you're getting married. And that's just like the process. Um, and nothing else is is really we're not digging deeper into like, what does that mean? You know, what does it mean to find a wife, to find a husband? What does it mean to be attracted to somebody? What does it mean to have a good emotional connection? And so, I mean, to, to answer your question, it, it is important, I think, it, but I think it's important to think about what 
being attracted to somebody actually means. Right. Absolutely. You guys mentioned some really powerful points and this just leads me to why this topic was just so important for me because as we were, as I was sort of discussing this and even thinking about this with Benta, I started to look just on a cultural level, historically, just as a people in, in the Black community and how um, historically here in this country, we were judged and we were pitted against each other by the way we looked, right? Black women, um, you know, during the times of slavery were, were, were uh, preference based on the, the, their skin complexion and their color. Um, black men were chosen based on their, you know, physique and, and physicality. Um, I wanted to just ask a question. I'm going to start with you, Benta, but I wanted to just ask in the aspect of, because, the, you know, thinking about this really led me to what you guys are saying of, of what we're maybe driven to may not even be what we, our soul truly seeks, right? We have so much conditioning that has happened as to what um, we view as beautiful. And not just that, I think um, as a people, we've been intentionally targeted to stay superficial, right? To stay on the surface so that, because if we're really building soul connections and, and establishing our families and building generational wealth, you know what I mean? We're, we're really gonna be um, in the race against our oppressors. So I wanted to just ask, um, in regards to this conditioning, I mean, you mentioned your, the color of our skin and things like that. How much um, does this play a role in how we see each other, um, especially as, as uh, Black people? Yeah, I I think it plays a, a huge role. Like, and I'm sure you've seen while you were studying, um, you know, there's decades of colorism within our communities, um, especially if you take it over, not even just in the U.S., like around the world, colonialism has affected all of us in, you know, very drastic ways. Um, I recently actually just returned from Senegal and I've seen you know, people that are still bleaching their skin or we're in their hair a certain way because we have been um, socialized to see whiteness as like the pinnacle of beauty. And so I think it definitely has affected us. But when I go over there, you know, mostly I see these beautiful, like, just gorgeous people and their their skin is just like iridescent it's beautiful like I, i'm super attracted to people over there and um you know they don't see that all the time i would i would tell you know my family members or my cousins like hey um why aren't you guys married like do you not see like the sea of beauty and they sometimes they can't see it um and it's because of tv or it's because of what we've been taught you know we should be leaning in towards so i think it definitely has unfortunately affected our hearts. Um, and that's why we should all, you know, inshallah, like pray that our hearts are purified from this because it's a test. Like this is a, a huge test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And um, I definitely am working on it myself. And for the longest, you know, I didn't really see myself as beautiful because of my skin color, because of, you know, me being bullied or me not being, um, me just being otherized or or not really looked at in that way by men specifically um, because I was either too dark or because I was from Africa or all of these things. And so I had to do a lot of that, you know, internalized work over the last couple of years, even going to therapy, like just kind of unpacking all of these things. And alhamdulillah, now um, it's been a while and I'm in a good space and I'm very grateful for that. And so that's why I speak out about these things, because I don't want anyone to feel like they aren't enough because of, you know, where they come from or their skin color, who their family is. You know, there's so many deeper levels to what we can be looking at. And instead of us fighting each other, or not really 
trying to get to know each other just based off of our skin tones, we can focus on really, you know, digging deeper and, you know, collaborating and creating these, uh, these forces, you know, amongst each other. It's, it's beautiful when, when people get together. And so I think, you know, that's something that we can work on. SubhanAllah, thank you for that. And, and Brother Hassan, I wanted to just ask you and piggyback off of um, Sister Benta, just, you know, that, that experience as well, um, just as, you know, like I said, a, a, a Black person. I think it's very different for men because we sort of deem very dark skin as attractive. So would you say that it's a little bit different, your experience is a little bit different than what maybe perhaps Benta experienced? Um, no, unfortunately, I, I mean, I wish that was the case when I was growing mm. up. That um, whole dark skin being in thing just started happening a few years ago in the circles that like I I did not I I was the ugly unattractive guy um, in middle school and high school and even somewhat in college it really it was not until a few years ago that it's like oh wow he's six foot three he's dark skin he got that blah blah and like all of that stuff started coming into the play you know um, so. Unfortunately, I, I also dealt with uh, what Sister Binta is um, referring to, um, you know, just just kind of growing up. I think for me, the difference was the fact that by the time I came here, um, I kind of like, you know, I came to America at the age of nine, almost 10 years old. Um, and um, so I was already conditioned to love myself in Gambia. Mm -hmm. Everyone that I knew, like all of my family, for the most part, are they look like me they're dark skin they're absolutely gorgeous and i i mean my father is probably one of the most attractive men i've ever seen in my life <laughs> yeah so from and he's dark skin right I mean, but his smile will kill you so i'm like yo like that's that's where i come from and when i look at my grandfather i see the same thing so I, even at a young age i kind of already had that like mentality but when i came here i mean it's so powerful this like what society can do that i started to actually see myself Maybe, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm not attracting. Maybe I'm less than, maybe my dark skin is a bad thing. Maybe my, my African accent was a negative thing. All of those things, because at, at the end of the day, I was young, 10, 11, 12, 13. Yeah. These are the impression, this is the impressionable age, right? So when my own people, mm. when my own people started calling me, you know, all these names, these derogatory names, midnight and, you know, black this and black that and, you look like tar and like all of these things by my, no, not the white people in school. Not, no, it was yeah. my own people calling me these things, right? Because they were conditioned again, they're born and raised here. So they're conditioned to think a certain way. So they're like, well, now we have someone we can actually look down on. They look down on us. Now we can look down on him yeah. because now he's a degree below us. So we're going to just attack and go in on him um, as much as uh, you know possible. So, um, it wasn't until maybe like 11th and 12th grade where um, I started like kind of coming into myself and I started saying, you know what, I don't care what these people think of me. Um, I started exuding this level of confidence. And then through that, they started seeing me differently because I started seeing myself differently. Absolutely. Right? And it literally that's that's how it that's how it happened. And when I went, you know, university and whatnot, again, it was different. Um, it was a larger scale. So there were some people that were, you know, still making those weird slide jokes because that was back in 2010, 11, 12. So people were still kind of in that mentality. Um, but by the time I graduated, it kind of it kind of shifted. 
but yeah, we, we, we definitely deal with that. Um, um, being, being that we are, you know, or we used to deal with it being that we were dark, darker skin, um, you know, coming from a different land, so to speak. So, um, definitely, definitely dealt with that. Unfortunately. Thank you for, for sharing those experiences. I really deeply appreciate it. Um, I wanted to segue into a, a different sort of conversation, a really honest one. Um, you know, when s- some sisters, they were sharing some of their experiences. And of course, I get to hear a lot more candidly from, from women um, um, in, this, in this regard. Um, Kalu, I'm going to pop to you. Um, one of the things that they said that they deal with a lot in their marriages is just the idea of... Um, you know, uh, husband's being distracted a lot by the next beautiful, shiny thing, right? There's always a new, shiny, beautiful thing. And this is having an impact on longevity in marriages and, and sustainability in marriages and just contentment in general. And um, a lot of women struggling with um, feelings of inadequacy, of not being able um, to sort of keep up with these, like, you know, even like I'm thinking I'm relatively young, but when I was growing up, the beauty standard was very different from what we're seeing now. And in the Meg the Stalin, the Meg the Stalin sort of era, right? It was just a little bit different. So um, a lot of women were sharing their experiences. Um, brother Khalil, I'm just going to ask you just, you know, as a brother, do you, do you think this is an, an issue um, or a bigger issue that we think far as just um, the idea of it being beauty just being very distracting in this society for husbands. <laughs> beauty yeah. being distracting for husbands. Sheesh. Okay. Not keep it uh, real, bro. Let me, let me, all right. So I'll balance, I'll balance some things out. Uh, first, I want to ask you a question because I just to understand what you're saying. What does distracting mean? Like, what does distracting, what do they, what is the action that makes them say they're distracted? What is- um, I think like what some sisters shared is like comp- a lot of comparisons, maybe um, comparing their um, wives to other beautiful women or just um, maybe brothers just being driven to, you know, like I said, the next shiny new thing and, and kind of leaving some women off to the sidelines. I mean, this is just people sharing their experiences. Um, do you think that's an issue? Yeah, I mean, I've definitely heard of the cold comparison thing. Um, yeah. uh, that's tough because you know actually I know I would say that's an equal thing though that because I've seen I've heard brothers talk about you know from another standpoint being okay. told how come you can't be more like him you know and that type of thing too so I've actually heard both on that side of things and I think that human beings struggle um, uh, with uh, the new shiny thing I think it's a human thing I think that it manifests in men more with the maybe the beauty thing but it manifests with women sometimes and maybe where their attention is, right? So in that, in this particular instance, I would say I, I kind of see that equally. Just it, man, women are not creatures who, to by and large, you know, there's exceptions. But by and large, what I find is that, you know, a woman is not going to necessarily be, um, you know, you know, even if she really loves a man the way a man looks, that's where it stays and it don't really mess with her like that. Whereas, you know, but, you know, if a guy seems like, you know, he's not, uh, you know, doing it for her when it comes to the conversation and things like that, then, you know, there's also a loss of interest in there. So I see a loss of interest with men, absolutely, when it comes to the physical thing and, and women, vice versa. And I actually think that's a human problem. And I, and I actually link it back to the prophet, um, our, our, our fathers, our father and our mother, Adam and Hawa, because mm-hmm. we have paradise 
and I think we got used to it. <laughs> like, like you know what I'm saying? Cause yeah. we wanted that little shine. We wanted that shiny object that we couldn't have, and right. we paid for that, right? So right. I want to I want to go to this. Like when it comes to that particular thing, we all have. We're all paying for that. Like that shiny object that we that like after we get used to what we have, because the law gave us something, right? And after we get used to what we have you know, it becomes difficult. So I, I would take it there and it manifests. So the manifestation in men is yes, you'll find that, but that's a human problem. Okay. And I'm going to just jump back over to Hassan, if that's okay, just, um, just from a married, um, a marriage perspective, if that's all right. And the sisters, I'll jump to you. But brother Hassan, I want to just sort of um, piggyback off that. I even had like some of my elder sisters, um, and I know you can't speak on behalf of some elder brothers, just expressing a frustration with, you know, after a certain age, you know, especially in the black community where our brothers want younger, aesthetically pleasing wives. And a lot of our elder sisters, they've asked me over and over, can you please do a podcast about this issue? Are really being left to the sidelines. And again, um, these are relationships that are sort of void of connection. And it's because of that sort of, like you said, that drive to fulfill that ego or whatever it is that's going on that yeah. is causing a lot of harm and hurt in our marriages. Um, do you see this as a problem or, or not? And, or not so much? <clears throat> well, um, I, you know, brother, uh, brother Khalil is a lot more optimistic than I am in this regard. Um, as far as like the balance goes, um, I think it's very lopsided uh, when it comes to specifically the physical thing, right? Um, I think it's it's extremely lopsided in that um, men see the reason why, and this all goes back to the entire conversation, right? Yeah. If your reasoning for getting married is by and large physical, you're going to run into this problem. Absolutely. Because physical features decay, right? It's what we call a depreciating asset. Right. <laughs> it, it, it does not last. So if you don't have anything deeper that's going to, that's that you're falling in love with, that you can continuously fall in love with, because certain things you in, in a woman or in a man, you continue to fall in love with that thing as long as the person keeps having that characteristic, right? Because it's such a endearing thing, right? Um, but physical, like the, the physical features, I'm sorry, that's not it. That's just not it. Unless you're a multimillionaire and you're just going out, going out, getting all this work done on your body and on your face and all until you, you look like a mannequin or whatever, which also that's, I mean, that's a whole nother conversation, yeah, but unless you're doing that, it's going to happen. It's a natural human process. And if you have men, most men don't have the maturity to, to realize that that's when it becomes a problem, whether you're young, whether you're a little bit old, I'm talking about it. You could be in your fifties and sixties and I'll be like, Oh gee, I need to talk to you, bro. You bugging. Like the reason why you're having these problems is because of this, this, that, that I don't necessarily need to, um, uh, um, experience it only because we have examples, right? And I like to learn from other people's examples. And this is why I studied life of the prophets online. So I'm like over and over and over yeah. and over again. How was his relationship with Khadija radiallahu anha, right? Yeah. We all know she was a little bit older than him. Not a lot. Some people, some people kind of exaggerated a little bit. Okay. Um, but actually the most authentic um, is that she was only like maybe three to five years older. Um, oh. So the whole 25 thing is actually not the most authentically narrated um, thing. So just for if, if we didn't know that. Um, but she was just a few years older than him. But 
they were together for 25 years. They were mm -hmm. together for an extended period of time. They were in their 50s, right, when she passed away. But he only had eyes for her, mm -hmm. right? But why was that? It, 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 went, it went way past the physical. And what did I say at the beginning of this? I said the Prophet ﷺ said one of the things that were, you know, that, that he loves in this, in this life is woman, right? In, in a halal manner, like that was beautified to him. Like perfume, um, he loved perfume, he loved milk. And the third thing was like, okay, woman is also something that I love, right? But even with that, because a lot of people will tell you like, you know, if you say that, you know, like if I sit here and say, man, I really love women, someone's gonna look down on me. No, man, I'm a man, I love women. If, sue me, like, what do you want me to do about that, right? That's how I was created. Now, how I go about it and how I act with that love is what matters. What, what do I do? You see what I'm saying? And the Prophet ﷺ, even though he had this love for women, he's, he was with Khadija anha, and he only had eyes for her. And even after her death, when Aisha anha said something negative about Khadija, anha, that's the only time that Aisha anha said, we physically, I physically saw him get angry until his veins were actually popping. Because the love was so deep that yeah. death could not separate, like, no. Like, they're, they're like this, even after death, right? And once you, once you have that mindset when you go into your marriage and you say, you know what? I'm looking for that kind of love, right? I'm looking for that, 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 that transcends the, the physical beauty. I want that. So it, at that point, it doesn't matter if you're with someone for 50, 60 years. As a matter of fact, the more you're with them, the more you love them, right? Once the physical goes down, everything else is climbing up. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is amazing in how he does things, but it's up to us to actually take advantage of that, right? So as the physical is going down, yes, everything else is building up so it ends up balancing it. At the beginning, the physical is like, wow, wow. Oh my God, you can't stop looking at your spouse. They're so attractive to you. You love everything about them. Even the things that, are, that you don't really love, but you love it just because they're so attractive, right? Mm. And then you can, after that starts to fade, those other things, you've fallen in love with those other things that you don't see with the eye, but you see with the soul. Brother, that's where we're trying to get to. That's what like that's that's the understanding, subhanAllah, that that we're we're trying to promote with this entire series. And as I dig deeper, what I've I've found is that a lot of us are very scared of that deep level connection, Aki. Like, you know what I mean? Like we're scared, like we are scared of it. So looks is one of those things that keeps us keeps us away from like it's our barrier, right? It's 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 how we stay disconnected, right? Um, and, and you're absolutely right. That's very, very, very powerful. Um, I'm gonna come jump over to Sister Benta just in regards to the subhanAllah. We heard so many powerful statements here in regards to this, but just that perspective, just the pressure as a woman, right? As a woman, and especially as you mate up and, and as you um, have a spouse or is that the pressure of trying to again keep up with this sort of beauty standard or even just being like I said measured by your beauty is this a, a fear as you go into marriage Benta is this a, is this a real concern of yours sis I'm gonna be honest probably like five years ago I probably would have said yeah I'm afraid of this but now like alhamdulillah like i said earlier i've done so much self-work to the point now where i'm like look if that's what your issue is take it up with allah that don't have nothing to do with me anymore so i'm i'm 
I'm like strong and firm in that. So I'm going to take care of myself. I'm going to work out. I'm going to eat healthily, um, you know, as much as I can. I still like my little snacks, but, you know, like I'm going to do me. And Alhamdulillah, if you want to do me and you do you and we do that together, that's cool. Like, let's, you know, do life together. But I'm not going to put myself down or worry myself because you have an issue with what I look like 20 years down the line or you have an issue. That's something that they need to work out mentally and pray about. That doesn't have anything to do with me. Now, a long time ago, I probably would have been super hurt about it. If I was married, I would have been like, this isn't fair, you know, like, why is this happening to me type of thing. But I know that a lot, you know, wants ease for us. And so knowing that I want, you know, something easy in my heart, I'm firm in believing that Allah is going to bless me with what I need. And I'm okay with that. Inshallah, whoever I need is going to think that same way. And we'll be able, obviously, there's going to be bumps in the roads, right? But if you're literally thinking about physicality and, you know, coming to me with that and trying to make me feel pressure that I need to weigh a certain amount or I need to, you know, do certain things with my hair or whatever, I feel like that's emotional abuse. And I don't think that it's fair. Um, And so I'm literally just going to continue working on myself and gravitating towards things that make me feel happy. And if that isn't that person, then we have to have that conversation. So. SubhanAllah. Thank you, Benson. And with, you know, MashaAllah. And Sister Iman, another thing I heard from a lot of sisters is, and, and honestly, in a lot of brother conversations is the, the aspect of weight. I wanted to bring that up as a beauty standard that is sort of, um, uh, especially in our community, that is sort of, um, I don't say bashful, but but it's it's brought up a lot in the aspect of this, like you know, sort of the ideal body and what we view as the ideal body, and a lot of um sort of body shaming. And I even heard some sisters saying like, "Well, I'm not even going to look for a mate until I'm this particular weight or or anything like that," um, because of you know those expectations. Is that something that you think um, women are struggling with or what is some advice that you can give to far as get past even the idea of like that ideal body that's sort of sought after? Yeah, absolutely. I I think it's definitely something that women struggle with. I think from a very young age, just growing up, we're taught that we need to look a certain way um, and present ourselves a certain way. um, And that like the way... We're, we're looking this way, not for ourselves, but for men's approval. And like, this is what it means to be an ideal, like looking woman with your figure. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure, even growing up as like, you're gaining weight or, you know, gaining weight in, in the wrong places, that it's like, oh, you need you need to start hitting the gym or like, hey, maybe you shouldn't have that cookie that, that you want to have. Um, and so I, I think it's it's unfortunate that as a society, we're putting so much pressure on individuals for what beauty standards look like. Um, my advice is to do the work that you need to do on an individual level to be able to love yourself for who you are. And if, if you want to make changes on how you look physically with your weight, do that for yourself first and foremost. If you're doing that for somebody else, if you're doing that because of a societal expectation, the changes that you make aren't going to be long term. The changes that you make are going to be made out of frustration, out of self-hate for for your for your own self, right? And 
in a world that's filled with so much hate, we need to learn how to love ourselves and, and love each other, but it starts, it starts with our own selves. And so really just focusing on that and also having grace with yourself, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to go through different time periods in your life. Like sometimes you might have it together physically in terms of like, I'm working out regularly, I'm putting food into my body that's good for me and making me feel good too. And other times you're, you're gonna have a rough patch of a few months or a few years where maybe you're not moving around as much or you're eating a lot of food that isn't good for you. And depending on how you're doing emotionally, financially, you know, there's, there's a lot of factors, including stress that go into it. So, you know, just focusing on yourself as an individual, putting yourself first, pouring, you know, pouring all of that energy into yourself for your, for your own good. And then um, being unapologetic about who you are and the person that you meet, who you're going to spend the rest of your life with, inshallah, will, will see you where you you're at and want you for the reasons that you also see yourself in the way that you see yourself, right? Like you have to do it for yourself before you do it for anybody else. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Um, And that brings me to a powerful point. I just have to ask a very honest question, Um, you know, and I I wanted to bring it up last week, Khalil, on their last um, podcast. Um, But some things I do shy away from. But, um, you know, this idea now, you know, we are in like a um, Brazilian butt sort of culture Mm -hmm. as a people. And Mm -hmm. um, we're hearing more and more. from our men that that's sort of not just the butt, but just like certain body parts um, being larger and larger and larger as like what's really deemed attractive. Is there some balance to be had with that? Is that a genuine like physical interest or is that completely molded from like um, our, our outer like entertainment sort of society and societal standards changing? Uh, just just want to ask straight up like. Yeah, I, I, I think it's probably a little bit of a lot of probably more society, but then some preference. I think everybody has a preference, like, you know, different nationalities, they're built differently, right? right? And so, like, I have a preference for my nationality, even build, and I've always had that preference since I was a kid. I can't remember not having that preference. So I'm not gonna be dishonest about having that preference, right? That's right. my particular preference, and I'm okay with having that preference, right? Now, you know, I, I, I shy away from like, here's the thing, like, I, I think that people should have the right to like what they like, right? But then I want people to actually, and here's the part of it that I think is, you know, just to just to kind of bring it home, um, even just listening to what was said before, is that um, a lot of it has to do with self-work and, and filtering everything through your relationship with Allah. And here's what I mean. Like, so when Allah gives that ayah about marriage, when he talks about like what we are to each other, he calls us, you know, basically he says that we are what clothes for each other, garments for each other, and that we are respite for each other. And that when we are respite for each other, he places love or affection and Rahma. So he puts Mawada and Rahma, right? So what so so what's happening, if we really pay attention to what's happening here, is there's an action that needs to happen. One. We are to do what Allah asks in terms of what? Cultivating that type of cover, right? And then mm-hmm. Allah takes care of the rest. And mm-hmm. that actually is supposed to happen also in our individual relationships with Allah, right? So as we grow our ourselves and our egos and that type of thing, we become more comfortable with ourselves, right? 
And then we get to see better what's happening with other people. So I hear a lot of, for example, I hear a lot of, you know, I, you know, people want, I, I, I hate that people don't want this and want that, right? But really what's happening is that most of us are walking around actually wanting what, what can cover our insecurities. Okay. And Say that one more time. The, most, of us, one more time. most of us mm -hmm. are walking around wanting what can cover our insecurities. Mm. And that a lot has to do with our cultivation of our relationship with, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I don't actually think anything is going to get fixed, actually, until we actually start moving towards actually, hey, get right with your relationship with Allah so that you can have whatever. Because there's going to be different types of relationships. So as my, my brother Hassan eloquently put, the relationship with Khadija was like nothing else. But Allah took her. Yeah. Allah took her. And then Allah showed us examples of all types of relationships that he had. Every single one of them was a loving relationship in its own way. Yeah. Right? And all of them, the Prophet ﷺ optimized. Even Sauda, they ended up, you know, you know, he offered. It was a situation where she was offered to like, okay, she wanted, she was offered a divorce because of the time he could have. And she said, no, I want to stay with you. And that worked out for them because... You know, obviously he wasn't as close to her as he was with Aisha, but their love was optimized based on their relationship. Why? Because the prophet was the epitome of one who was a self-reflected man who was had a relationship with God. Right. And he then spread that to his wives, right? So his wives also had that as our mothers, right? And I think that what's happened now is, is that we got this expectation of, I want this, I don't, I don't know what Allah is going to give me with my relationship because he gives us different things with different relationships. As he said in the case, I don't know if the Prophet knew he was going to get mad when he got mad, right? Allah knows best, right? But he got mad because, and that was a realization that this one was different, right? And that's Allah's doing. But if you have a relationship where maybe it's not that, you mm. still can optimize that if you have a relationship with God. And that's what we're skipping. So if you have a relationship with someone, and I'm saying this because I, I really want people to understand, I don't like the, I worry about us having expectations that we're going to have that. Some of us will, some of us won't. But you can get the most out of what you have, even if it doesn't last, when you can have your relationship with Allah and then be vulnerable. Because that vulnerability comes from filters from your relationship with Allah. And then if it works, if it doesn't, if something happens, if they want something, if they don't, you can still come out of it, out of it fulfilled. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, that was a lot. But that that I, I really appreciate that perspective. And, and also keeping us balanced. I definitely appreciate um, what you mentioned just about because um, I think you're right. Sometimes we do get caught up. And I, if I could just be really transparent and honest, you know. Um, in prior relationships that I had just really wanting that ideal, you know, Khadija and Prophet Muhammad, you know, but uh, sort of relationship. And, you know, but he did, you're right, he gave us a multitude of examples. And I love that you said that because it's, it is about contentment and it is about gratitude and, and being present and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decrees for us. So I really, really appreciate um, that balance, subhanAllah. We are coming towards the end of our podcast. We have a couple of questions. Um, this is a, such a deeply rooted 
conversation and you guys were so honest and I just I'm just so humbled and appreciative that we're looking um, just the right people on the show that that we are talking about something a little deeper and that we recognize that there, you know, there are aspects of what we sort of seek that does need to be analyzed. And we are hoping that even our young people, people that are currently um, seeking mates or even in your current relationships, that you are looking deeper as to what you're seeking and why um, and having balance with that. But I did want to ask um, a question. Let me find it. Um, Doran, I meet soul. Did many people find true connections? Benta? So I won't say many, but some people did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll leave it at that because it's not my business anymore. But yes, yeah, some people did. Alhamdulillah. Okay. Um, if you like, what, where did you find that there was a challenge? I mean, maybe without being too specific, but where were some of the challenges with this? Um, so we usually check in with couples a couple of weeks afterwards just to see how they were doing. I didn't really ask any prying, you know, prying questions. So I don't know what the actual challenges were, but I do know that some people just said, hey, you know, we decided to, you know, call it quits, but I don't know exactly why. Um, so that's really the extent to what I have. But the people that did stay, I'm very, very happy for them. And alhamdulillah, I'm grateful to be a part of that journey. Just through something that we didn't even know if we were going to do. So, um, yeah, alhamdulillah. And Sister Iman, um, you were able to actually, um, mashallah, sustain um, um, your uh, your situation, your relationship or your connection, I could, um, I should say. Do you think that, um, or, or did you identify if there were any challenges, not necessarily with you per se, but just with the process or just the idea of, like I said, getting to know someone without, you know, like you said, just with that voice. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, alhamdulillah, I, I successfully matched with um, someone in the, the program um, and we have been talking ever since it's, it's been 10 months and it's been going really well. Um, alhamdulillah, I'm super appreciative of that. Um, so I, I am a success story of mm -hmm. I Meet Soul. Um, I think some of the challenges are you really only get like 20 to 30 minutes to talk to each person. And, um, you know, you're connecting with people from all over the country. Um, so ours in the first round was was open to like U.S. Um, applicants only. And so you're meeting with people from all over the country you could maybe ask like, hey, you know, how comfortable are you with relocating? And then like, you're starting off the relationship long distance. Um, and so that can sort of be a barrier for some people. Maybe they were open to being long distance. Then when it starts, it's like, eh, it's not really going to work. It's, it's hard to form a connection long distance for the first time. Um, and then I think the other thing is like, I met a lot of people. So there were 10 people in the initial round. And so that's that's 10 conversations you're having and 10 people you're having to choose from. And so um, I think Binta and the other co-founder did a, a good job of saying like, hey, just because you're matching, like it doesn't mean you're getting married. It's, it's not like the show, <laughs> Love is Blind. You know, this is just, we're agreeing to take this connection offline and, and see what happens. And so, um, I think it, it's challenging when you have 10 people who you're having conversations with and maybe there's a few where you're like, wow, I, I could see this going somewhere. I could see that this has potential. And so having to, to decide and choose like, okay, who is my top 
choice um, could could that it could be a lot of pressure in that decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is it is just a starting point to to start a, a connection and to start a relationship and to grow it offline and continue it from there if you're both you know on board and connected. Subhanallah. And Sister Benta, someone wants to know that uh, I guess they immediately went on you to look it up. So mm-hmm. they said, when is the next um, IME Soul event? Um, the page says applications are currently being accepted. Yep. Um, so wait, did they say accepted or not accepted? I think it said accepted, but go ahead and clarify that. Yeah, so they said aren't currently. Yes, that's correct. They are not currently being accepted because we just did a Valentine's Day uh, speed courting event this weekend. And so uh, we're giving ourselves a little grace, a little time, and Shala will be back. If you're interested, please feel free to fill out that link on the website and we'll add you to our mailing list. And Inshallah, we'll let you know as soon as possible. We have had people reach out to us from London as well as from Canada and from Senegal. And so we are kind of trying to figure out how to do this worldwide now. Um, This last Valentine's Day one was just for the US and Canadians. So we're just trying to figure out logistics regarding time zones and things like that. So we'll be out, you know, soon. So just stay out, you know, stay looking out for that. Stay tuned for that. A lot of women are definitely appealed and want the information. Brother Hassan, can you do it? Would you do it? Would you do I meet soul? Who me? I mean, yeah, I mean, I know you're married, but I'm just saying, like, could you could you be would you be attracted to that concept? Could you do something like I, that? I, I think it's it might be the cure for the current situation that we're going through. Um, okay. If people are, again, willing to just um, like you were saying earlier, uh, I think people are just kind of scared to, you know, to, to, to build that deeper connection. Um, and so they focus more on the physical. Um, because that's easier and that's what society tells you that, you know, you should look for and so on and so forth. Um, and for a lot of people, they don't know if they can sustain that in a marriage, you know, that deeper connection. They're like, well, yeah. I don't know if that'll, that'll take me, you know, to the 30, 40, 50, 60 years, right? So they think, oh, the physical is what's going to take me there. So I think a lot of people are scared of that. But I would definitely... I mean, if I wasn't married, I'd be like, yo, let's do it. Let me, yeah, let me. So let the brothers should jump on it. The brothers, brothers should jump should on def- it. Especially brothers should jump. Of course, the sister's always in the front line, yeah. but the brothers should definitely jump on it. Um, I believe it's it's a wonderful initiative. What about you, Khalil? Yeah, I would. I have a question. Okay. I worry. There's one thing I worry about, though, like with the question. And it's a question. So, like, how do, how are people, because, pre- for example, let's say once you get to take it offline, I can imagine I got m- multiple daughters, right? So I got like four, right? So what happens if someone, how do you prep your daughter if the person says, or even your son? Because I think it could be like, for example, when you're talking to somebody and you see each other from the beginning and then you stop, there's at least a guessing thing. Okay, maybe it was something else. Maybe it wasn't my looks. But you almost know what your looks if you connect and then that's it after yeah, you connect. And I think like, like looks is a, like for people, let's just be real about where we are in society. It can be a very devastating thing to to pretty much know that for sure. How do people come back from that? That's I would worry about that actually for my children. Like you know what I'm saying? Like I wouldn't mind. I'm actually okay enough with myself, but that's through a lot of self work and and going through pain and struggle and learning. But that's but that's evolution. What about someone who's you know just coming in? That's that's my 
Where are we? Great question. That rejection piece. Bento, you want to speak on that? Yeah, that's tough. It's definitely something that we have been thinking through. Um, I myself, I have, you know, a slight background in psychology and sociology. Um, and I ended up getting my master's in something totally different. But um, I think about that a lot, right? Like that emotional, like, attack is deep and it, it can last years for so many people. So we are you know, thinking through the best way to do that. One way we have been doing it is we started doing interviews and we're trying to kind of see people where their heads are at and trying to talk to them to see if they can actually emotionally, like, you know, stand something like that. Obviously it would be difficult, even for me, like I would definitely be hurt as well. Um, and so I think it's something we're gonna be battling with for a while, but if that person is comfortable with taking that risk and, you know, trusting Allah and seeing where things golden you know that is and we did have to put a disclaimer on our on our application that we are not responsible for like any trauma that you may face during this because we we get it right like that could be something that happens um but inshallah we're able to work with more you know psychologists and sociologists in the future to kind of determine what we can do in that case if someone does come back to us and say hey this happened to me and offer them some resources to get them over that and you are, I'm, I'm assuming you are hoping that you are acquiring people that are interested in this process that are a bit more open-minded and to have a perspective, sort of kind of like how Brother Hassan was sort of speaking to. I'm, I'm assuming you're um, um, attracting people like that because in, in, in anticipation of this podcast, Benta, I shared a little clip. I don't know if you saw it on my page um, from, uh, what's that name of that show? It's um, the, the when you don't seeing each other until you're married. What is that I called? Married at first sight, right? <laughs> Same concept, sort of. You're going into a marriage, you've never seen them before. You're not even building connection. It's just right there. And in one of the clips, the, the guy just couldn't get past the physical, right? And um, there was a lot of hurt and rejection that that woman sort of experienced. And there was a lot of people giving perspectives, like he was wrong. And then on another side, if he was honest and, you know, he has to be attracted to her. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm assuming, right, that you are trying to attract people that, are a bit more open-minded, right? And not just like a stickler for just looks. Yeah, I would have to say in order to do this process, you definitely have to be an open-minded person because you honestly have no idea. The most we're doing is now that we've learned since the first initial cohort, we are vetting people to a certain extent, getting to know them prior to, making sure that no one's being catfished or anything. And during these interviews, we actually have learned a lot about people's stories. A lot of them have faced, you know, some trauma due to looks and things like that in the past and that's why they wanted to do this process it wasn't actually intimidating for them because they felt like I can actually you know let somebody know who I am before them judging me just based off of what I look like so people were actually looking forward to that um, but yeah I did watch that show and it is really heartbreaking that that happened to that sister I pray the best for her inshallah but um, yeah, it's it's tough, y'all. Like this is the society that we live in, right? And so we're doing our best to try to combat that little by little. That's all we can really do, just to kind of debunk this. I would, because I, I would, I would be like, you know, I was just thinking about it. Even let's just say a scenario where, like as you said, you even you even have some concern for looks, right? So you could see yourself, like if there was a thing where, let's say, you look at somebody and every time you look at them, they just irritate you. It's just you, like for some reason, that person just irritates the mess out of you. Like that, that can happen. I'm just being real with that right so if that happens right like and for me like i'm a person who actually i'm very sensitive to a like i don't want to hurt a person if i if i feel that way but 
if I hurt, would I hurt them more in the long run knowing that, right? And not and, and not being able, not being like, hey, you know what? I don't know if this is going to work. How do I? I want to be able to smooth that over in a way that doesn't um, have a destructive quality to it. I would never want to do that, but I wouldn't. But I would rather, you know, make sure that that's known beforehand because you know you marry somebody for being nice to them and then you end up you know just stringing them along and they don't appreciate that even more you know so that's yeah. you know that's a tough that's what i'm just saying that's just i'm not saying it is there's a solution i'm just saying i think about those tough 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 things um yeah. because i love the concept but it's a tough thing you know what i mean and you know and we have to end this podcast brother, but it's a good point i have um seen situations where um you know, people have gotten into marriages and they weren't really physically attracted, especially our brothers weren't really like fully physically attracted to the sister. Perhaps she had other outweighing qualities and such. And as they get into the marriage and a lot of um, experiences I've heard from the sister side is um, sometimes they weren't treated as nicely as they should have been. Uh, maybe like after a time and after you start getting annoying and, you know, the normal stuff that come in marriage and which you're not being attracted. And next, you know, that woman is sort of ill-treated because there's not, I mean, that's a real thing. I definitely have heard that. Brother Hassan, would you agree? And I know we're ending, but that yeah, can happen. Um, yeah. That's absolutely, absolutely a thing. I've, I've um, had an experience like that where people tell, you know, few people have told me that, you know, um, that, that happened to them. Um, you know, young sisters where it's like, why didn't he just tell me? And so, so on and so forth. And then like they, they, they got into marriage and you know, after again, you know, after a, a little bit, kind of things things kind of boiled over where the annoyance wasn't handled in the in the in the right way, um, unfortunately. And I think this also kind of I know we had to end. I'm supposed to actually be doing a live on Instagram after this as well, but I told him to wait for me. So just something that because this is a really awesome like I, I'm yeah. I can yeah, be here for two hours. Without, really important you know, I, topic. I appreciate all of you guys so much. Um, I think it also goes back to, like, as I said, I always go back to to, to previous, you know, um, role models. So in the time of the Sahaba, the time of the Prophet Sallallahu mm -hmm. something that what that is a stigma now that wasn't stigmatized back then was, as we all know, divorce. Right? Mm -hmm. It wasn't a stigma at all whatsoever. Right. It was as normal as getting married. Thank you. It was yeah. as normal as getting married. So because there was no stigma tied to it, you can be more free to go into a marriage saying, you know what, I believe that this may work, but it might not, right? And if it doesn't, the sister is not left alone. She's not stigmatized. She's not seen as a divorcee. She's not seen as anything, right? Right when she gets a divorce, it, she, she was not left alone. Someone else married her right away. The brother got married right away. So it was something that, it was a community, right? If Thank we trust, like, honestly, if we had that, we wouldn't have more of, I mean, a lot of the issues that we have, especially when it comes to this, right? Because number one, marriage would be a lot more easy, right? You know what? I truly believe that I can, you know, I can see myself with this person. You try it, maybe a few, maybe even a few years go by, right? The, the, even the top level Sahaba had that where they were married for a few years and then they got divorced, right? It doesn't make you a bad Muslim, a bad person, a bad anything, right? Yeah. It just is life. We're human beings. We're we're built a certain way, right? It, it's it's normal. Um, so if if it wasn't so stigmatized, and I always tell people, I said, look, I'm the type of person that, um, for my, num like first getting married without being married before, I would have 
I would have been so overly okay with marrying uh, someone who was divorced, had multiple children, and I was like 10, 15 years old. And why? Why are you so okay with that? Why? I said, because I'm not looking at society now as an example. I'm looking at society back then as my example. I think that's mm. the difference between me and a lot of these folks. Because yeah. I'm looking at that, that, and that was a lot of people was happy with these people, and they were, were happy with them. That's who I want to be like, right? So if it worked for them, why not? Uh-oh. Why can it not work for us? And I believe it could. It, I believe it could if enough people did it, if enough Muslims were of that mind and we did do it, I honestly think that it, it would be it would be phenomenal and more people would be coming into Islam in droves. <laughs> Jazakallah, Kaidan. Ooh, ooh. You, didn't, you know you said a whole word because you know that's my whole thing with Dope Muslim Woman podcast because especially as you mentioned the thing with divorce because it's more of a, a Western um, um, standard that we place uh, barriers on, on on people in regards to this like no divorce and sort of keep it. That doesn't come from, like I said, our tradition. Um, but we do want to promote healthy marriages and healthy unions. But subhanAllah, thank you so much, you guys. Jazakallah, Kairan. Um, I'm going to give you guys just, I mean, we have to, have to, have to, have to end. But Iman, just a, a few short words. You have anything um, left that you want to contribute? Just some little piece of advice you want to give our brothers and sisters. There's so many people um, that are benefiting from this discussion. Uh, sure. Um, I would just say, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. Um, you never know how you're going to meet somebody. I never thought that I would find love during quarantine through an Instagram post that I saw from a friend of mine. And so you just, you just never know, you know, open up, open up the doors, see what's out there. Don't, you know, don't um, be so sheltered and so reserved when it comes to finding somebody Um, and also do the work. I think it's really important to do the self-work that we've been talking about since the start of the podcast. You know, the the self-work is really important so that you're at a space where you're ready for a relationship when the relationship presents itself. Um, So, yeah, don't don't be afraid. Give it a shot and and you never know what Allah has in store for you. And sometimes you have to go through a lot of hurdles and a lot of a lot of challenges so that when you get what is actually written for you, you appreciate it and you value it. SubhanAllah, beautiful. And Brother Hassan, I'm gonna jump to you because I know you have to jump off. So you could give your advice and then jump off. But just last little gem, you left you left the very beautiful one just a minute ago. But do you have a last piece of advice? I can help inspire people to keep up the good fight. And you never know what Allah has in store for you. Brother Hassan? He's freezing a little bit. I think you're a little frozen. Okay. So I'm going to jump to you, Khalil. Uh, Yeah, it seems like he's freezing still. Can you hear me? Um, Can you see me? Hear me? No. I can hear you now, um, Hassan. Yeah. Okay. I think you're. Is, pre- is it is it clear? Is it good or? You're you're frozen it? visually. You're frozen, but we can hear you. Okay. okay. I'll just I'll just go ahead and speak then, as long as you guys can hear me. I guess. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. Um, I guess what I would say is, um, first and foremost, um, when it comes to this this you know this whole topic, um, just realize that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala knows what you're going through, um, always, mm-hmm. and not only that, but He loves you more than you love your own self. So mm-hmm. he's not doing this to, you know what I'm saying? Like to, to keep you down. He doesn't hate you. He's not, none of that stuff, right? 
but we know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't burden us more than we can handle. And he knows his creation more than the creation knows itself, right? So with that being said, when, when we're going through these tough times and so on and so forth, we just have to realize, look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is really, really testing me. But what does that mean? That means I must be really, really strong. <laughs> I must be like mm -hmm. one, of his, one of his top soldiers because other people are not going through what I'm going through, right? Um, if I make a, you know, the example I give, if I make a sword, I'm a, uh, I'm a swordsmith and I make a sword and there's a mountain and I say, you know what, that sword cannot, I'm not going to use that sword to slice the mountain. I'm going to use that other sword to slice the mountain because I know that that sword is more powerful than this sword, right? Now, as the sword, I can complain and be like, why you got to use me, man? I'm all chipped now and all this stuff. But it's like, wait, because the sword maker knows, like, look, I made you extremely, extremely powerful, right? But with that being said, every, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants all of us to have happiness and he wants ease for us and not hardship for us. So keep your head up always. Um, there's, you know, every everything that you see comes to an end. Um, and this, this whole marriage process and whatnot, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created us all in pairs. And inshallah, we pray um, that everyone inshallah finds their pair in this world. And if not, in the next world, you would be one of the happiest people <laughs> <laughs> that's over there inshallah beautiful brother Khalil last piece of advice yeah just the, just the, uh, the last couple pieces of advice that brother Hassan said I just want to pick up that beautiful both regarding you know what he said about divorce and then what he said about just now and I'm just going to add to that just to say that tawakal is the key but tawakal is something to be worked on like literally when we're thinking about relationships again our first relationship and the relationship that we really want to focus on is our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that means actual action that means actually like when you're devastated when you have for one understand that yes what happens is when we go through heartbreak we don't want to feel that pain again and we live in a society where pain is the enemy where pain can actually be something that you use to be stronger but because they made pain the reason why I do or not or don't do something when it comes to relationships, we've actually lost the lesson, right? And the lesson where, you know, for example, in other things, let's just take working out, like we, in everything else, we understand that going through pain is what actually gets us stronger, right? So as, as Brother Hassan said, you know, if Allah has put you in that position, right? That's why don't fear divorce when you get married because you want to actually give it your all because giving it your all is actually going to give you the best opportunity to learn from Allah. What's happening is, is that because we fear pain, we end up going, okay, I want this. I want this surface thing. I want that surface thing because we're scared. Yeah. We're scared to feel that pain. And I understand yo, divorce is painful. It's, very difficult. it's, yeah. it's one of the most difficult things ever. Right. But if you still go all out the next time, and as you're growing your relationship with Allah, what you will learn is that that will grow your relationship with Allah that much more. And then like you and you will grow a, a stronger ability to even love and everything like that. But it's a process. And I would say this both to men, especially to men, because a lot of times men, is, we are missing out due to the surface. Like we're missing out because, you know, we just we, we don't want to. It's weird. I always say, men, we're emotional cowards. We, we don't want to deal with the, the emotional pain. We just are. Like, as a, as a general rule, we're emotional, emotional cowards, and, we ha and the society has coddled us in that way. Mm -hmm. so, so, but understand something. On the other side of that, bro, just like many of you who like to work out or many of you like to be known as working hard and all of that and having a great career, if you put that same effort into your emotional life, 
what you will find is you will become a stronger person in every aspect, right? Including your ability to be physical, including your ability to be physical. So Tawako, understand, Allah is telling you to, Allah, your relationship with Allah, Allah has even said that your spouses and your children sometimes will be tests to you. But remember who, remember what, what to prefer. So when you prefer those things, you can actually have a deeper loving relationship. And I guarantee you it doesn't. After that, it will matter less what happens at the result. You will love what Allah taught you. But trust him. SubhanAllah. Trust him. SubhanAllah. Wow. I'm, I'm very emotional. Binta, your last piece of advice. I'm sorry. It's very, very, very deep. Um, I don't even know how to follow up after all of that, mashallah. Um, but so one thing I want to leave everyone with, which I think is a gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blessed me with, a prayer that I made about five years ago when I was forced with, you know, one of the hardest heartbreaks I've ever had in my life. And this prayer has helped me. Um, and it's that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses all of us with uh, the ability to be in spaces where angels are. So every day, if I can remember, I always say, you know, Muhammad. Ya Allah, please continue to bless me to be in spaces where angels are. Muhammad. I mean, pray. I'm telling y'all, it's such a savior. <laughs> so I want to offer that prayer to all of you because it's it's literally lifted me in so many ways. And inshallah, I pray the best for everyone. Shazakallah, Kaiden. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you to the amazing audience members. Absolutely beautiful. I'm sorry, a little bit choked up. Uh, I think Allah SWT sent you guys. Um, here is the guest. Um, I don't know how the audience benefited, but yeah, I'm just truly to speak to my own heart. So I wanted to just, just personally thank you guys. Um, so much. Jazakallah Kaiden. Thank you guys for tuning in to the Dope Muslim Woman Podcast. <laughs> Inshallah, we will be back with a special edition this Sunday called, um, look at me, I'm a mess, um, Perfection Selection, The Art of Choosing Perfect Spouses. Um, may Allah bless each and every one of you. Jazakallah Kaiden. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam. Good to meet you all. Great. I love this conversation. Good. I'm glad to meet you all.